0: Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Hey, good morning. How are you this morning? Uh, We're glad that you're joining us. Just so you know, this is kind of exciting. You realize that we're going to be in heaven for about the next four weeks. Yeah, we're going to be in heaven. That's exactly right, because we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 4 and five, and some of seven, and then nineteen. Actually, we're going to be in heaven. Oh boy, for the next uh, probably five weeks. It's an excellent time, great place to be, right? Heaven's a wonderful place. That's where we want to be. And so we're going to jump right in the scriptures. We're in Revelation, uh, and uh, we we've looked at many things. And last week we kind of looked at like uh, how John said, "After this, then I see," and that's exactly what happens. After this. In, verse, in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, after this, he said, uh, the, the spirit said, uh, or the angel said, come up here. And then he came right up and he was in heaven. And from Revelations chapter 4, all the way through to Revelations 22, he writes from the perspective of heaven. And so uh, when I began to look at heaven, there is one thing that is so clear About heaven. As a matter of fact, not only is it clear about heaven, it is the most spoken about, talked about subject of the whole Bible. There is no uh, comparison to this whole, uh, this one subject. And so in heaven, what we see, let me just read in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, it says this. And these living, creatures, these living beings had six wings. And on their wings, they were covered with all over with their eyes, inside and out. And day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. And whenever the beings gave glory and honor and thanks to the one who sat on the throne. I kind of laugh at that because it already says day and night they did this. They gave honor and glory. So it says every time they gave honor and glory and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they laid their crowns. And, they, and before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O God, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and, be, and they exist because you have uh, created them. And so right away in chapter four, four, and we'll see this all over the place, and we see it all throughout the Bible, we see this idea of worship worshiping the throne and, and the picture here in Revelations chapter four and in other spots is that like the throne is here and everyone surrounds the throne. It's a big circle and it just keeps going. And there's thousands upon thousands, 10,000s thousands upon 10,000s, it says in Revelations chapter seven. It's very interesting. If you remember, if you know anything about the scriptures, when the, uh, the Israelites left Uh, Egypt, and they went out in the desert. God told them to build a tabernacle. That's where his presence would dwell. And then what did he say? He said, when we build the tabernacle, everyone is to surround it. See, it started long ago. And this was a foreshadow of heaven. And so this idea of worship, that's what we're going to talk about over the next Two, uh, three weeks, I believe, and 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 it, you'll see it everywhere. In Revelations chapter five, it says, "Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory." And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth saying, "Blessed uh, and blessings and honor and glory and power belong to the one who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb." Why don't we just say that just for a second? Let's just look towards heaven. Let's look towards the throne and say, blessings and glory and honor and power and might and dominion belong to him who sits on the throne and unto the lamb. We might as well start getting used to it because that's exactly what worship is all about. And that's what we're going to do when we're in heaven And I say we bring heaven on earth, and we start doing it now. We not only see it in Revelation chapter four; we don't we we see it in chapter five. We see it in chapter seven. It says, "My favorite verse: a vast, uh, and I saw a vast crowd." Too great to number from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne. And they wore white robes and they had palm branches in their hand. And they said, salvation belongs to our God and to him who sits on the throne and unto the lamb. It says they roared it. Do it in your house right now. Roar. Salvation belongs to the Lord. We need to roar that. We need to declare that. We need to stand up and give him glory. Don't, if you're sitting down, stand up and give him glory for a minute. It's time that we begin to worship because there's power in worship. Next week, I'm going to be talking about the power, the weapon of worship. It is a weapon. It's not carnal. It's mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And I'm getting excited and I'm, Turning away from the things I'm talking about. But that's okay. We'll get there. And so in Revelations chapter 7, it says it. It goes on. It says, Amen. Blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. We see it in Revelations 11. Give thanks to the Lord, O God, uh, oh, the mighty one, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. And now, and now you have assumed great power, and begun to rain. We see it in chapter 11. We see it in chapter 12. We see it in chapter 15. We see it in chapter 16. We see it in chapter 19 and 21 and 22. Trust me, when you see something over and over and over in the Bible, it's trying to tell you something. And it is that we are a people to worship. Now, get the picture. Here's the picture. Remember? Revelations chapter 1 and 2 and 3. Hey, guess what's about to come? There's something coming. There's going to be difficult and trials coming, right? And so it tells us in chapter 2 and 3, here's some things you need to improve on. Here's some things that you need to get ready for so that you can overcome. And then God shows them heaven. And not only does he show them heaven to give them hope, he shows you what to do in the midst of trials. And that is to give God glory and to worship the king who sits on the throne and unto the lamb. And so we're going to be talking about worship. And today I just want to share like four things about worship that that we can learn and is important in our lives. And I want to read one more scripture verse. It's out of Psalm chapter 100, uh, verse one through five. Listen to this. Shout. With joy to the Lord, all you earth. It doesn't say speak. It doesn't say whisper. It says shout. We've got to shout. Trust me. Sometimes the, the pressure from the outside needs to be met with greater pressure from the inside. And so when the, the world starts trying to yell at us lies, yell at us uh, uh, untruth, yell at us and try to put us down, there's times where we need to shout and shout it out. Shout for, with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him. Now it says that's about coming into his presence, right? Come to him. How do we come to him? Come to him with singing and with joy. Think about this. Think about the last time, you know, you were looking at your problems. Now, I'm going to say this. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to say it again now. You know, is there a mountain in your way? Remember how we talked? Right? Jesus said what? He didn't say speak about the mountain. He said speak to the mountain. Okay? So you've got all these situations and problems, right? And you come up to God. What's your attitude? Oh, God, help me. I'm in trouble oh God, I don't want to do that. Oh, that's just, that's not what it says. That's that's what it says, to come before the Lord. That's not how it says to come before the Lord. I don't know anywhere where it says, come to the Lord with complaining. I don't see anywhere where it says that. It says here, come before the Lord with singing and with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. And we are his, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, which means we're in a good place because God always leads us into the path of righteousness, into pastures that are green. Amen? He leads us in those places. Woo! Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will complain. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will say to the Lord, oh! Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and my cup Runs over. It doesn't run over with complaining. It runs over with joy and thanksgiving and praise and worship. This is what God wants us to do. We have open heavens. I'll talk about that in a minute. And we are to worship God with all our might. We are to shout to the Lord with thanksgiving. He goes on, he says, Enter his courts with thanksgiving, enter his gates with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and ever. And his faithfulness continues through each generation. Hear those words. Just give thanks. Enter his courts with thanksgiving. Bring, come before the Lord with joy. These are all aspects of worshiping the king. And so in Revelation chapter 4 what we see and all the way through what we see in heaven is God's people, the elders, even all creatures in creation, praising the king and giving him glory. Now I want to share four things about worship. First, worship is a way for us to express our love and honor to God. That's the way we express our love and honor to the Lord, we do it through worship. Now, some would say, well, I can worship through service. Yes, we'll talk about that. But in heaven, what we see and what we're talking about is this idea where we bow down and we sing and we give praise to God and we give him glory. And it, again, let's get this picture. Here's the, here's the throne. Everyone is encircled, right? Where are their eyes? Where are their eyes? Trust me, if you're in the room with a king, if you're in the room with the president, where are your eyes? Your eyes are on the leader. Your eyes are on the Lord. Fix your eyes upon the Lord. Focus your eyes upon the Lord. There's an old song that says, and as we stare at him, the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory And grace. And so we give our adoration. It says in in, uh, 1 Chronicles 16, 29, it says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in holy array. Now, you know, my wife is so good at this. She does this all the time. You know, let's say we're going over someone's house. We got invited over their house for dinner. What does she do? She always brings something. She always brings something and she's at the door with it in the hand to say, here, I brought dessert or I brought something, you know, uh, a bottle of wine or something. You just bring something, right? People always bring something when they're invited to uh, a banquet. When we're invited into worship, it's like coming into a banquet feast. And that's why we bring an offering. We bring an offering of praise. We bring an offering uh, of uh, whatever we have. Our time, our love, uh, our money. We, we, we give to the Lord. We bring an offering. That's how we show our love. I mean, I love, uh, I love my kids. And I especially love, sorry kids, I especially love my grandkids. I really love them. Oh, I love them. And you know, when we go to the mall or when we're out, Papa, can I have ice cream? Of course you can have ice cream. I shower gifts on them. I want to give Why? Because I love them. And so I give them things because I bring an offering. That's kind of how I show my love. What comes out of me? I give to the Lord. And that's how we express our love to God. Now, It's interesting because, you know, we can bring uh, uh, what they call a widow's mite. You know, if we don't have much and we bring what we have, it's so acceptable to the Lord. He loves it. He loves it. Now, if you think about it, God has everything. What can we bring him? Well, we can bring him what we have. And he knows what we have. And so when we bring it to him, he's overjoyed and he always responds. Number two. Worship is not a place, it's not a feeling, it's not a song. Worship is not a place, it's not a feeling, it's not a song. It's worship is about a person. Worship is about a person. Now, like for example, when can I express my love to my family? Only when I'm in the house? Only when I'm in my house. Is that that the only time I express my love? to my my wife or to my my kids? Only when I'm in the house? If all we do is express our love when we come to a building on Sunday morning, this is not uh, what God wants from us. And it's not kind of expressing a love for God. It's kind of more of a religious thing. And I don't want religion. I want the fullness of God. I want a fullness of relationship with him. And, and I want to express my full love with him. So it's not about a place. It's not about a time. In John chapter four, we see this. Jesus is talking to a woman and he said, the time is coming because she's saying, are we supposed to worship in Jerusalem or can we worship here in Samaria? And, and, he, and he's, like, he's like, no, it's not about a, a place. There's a time coming where people will worship me. Uh, in spirit, and in truth. And so he wants us to worship, you know, all all the time, over, all, all over the place. Now, I really like this one. I didn't, I got this, I think it was Francis Chan that said it, but I really liked it. He said one day this, this uh, uh, person came out of, uh, you know, uh, a, a Sunday morning uh, uh, worship gathering, and uh, they said, they said to him, they said, I don't like the songs that we did in worship today. And Francis' response was, that's okay. It wasn't for you anyways. Interesting, huh? See, if you come into worship, you know, and your goal is to feel good, you don't understand what worship is all about. Worship is not about me feeling good. Actually, worship is about making him feel good. That's really what it's about. Worship is about him, making him feel good. Like, for example, you know, I know that my wife really loves me, right? You know why? Because, like, when she's tired, when she's tired, there are times where she's really tired and she still gets up and does things for me. To me, what a sacrifice. And that's what it means to be a sacrifice of praise. That's what God wants. And so so you don't feel like worshiping. And you worship. God knows that he's like, wow, they're worshiping even if they don't feel good, even if they don't kind of like, you know, maybe they don't like the kind of music that's being played. To me, honestly, I can worship, you know, uh, with twinkle, twinkle, little star. I'll worship with anything because you can worship with, with whatever. And I remember this one time we were in this car and there was three of us and uh, I, was, I, was, I was driving And, you know, I, one time I was a worship leader, so I got a, I got an okay voice. I can, I can, I can belt out a tune. And, uh, and then uh, the man next to me, good friend of mine, he was a worship leader as well. Uh, And his, his, his future wife was in the back seat. She, they weren't married yet. And so we were like kind of just saying, Hey, let's, let's worship the Lord. It's kind of a long ride. So like I said, yeah, let's sing this song. So of course I sang it. And, and everybody followed. And then, and then uh, my friend Sean said, yeah, let's sing this song. And he started singing. We, of course, we followed. And then uh, uh, Trish in the back seat said, let's sing this song. And I looked at Sean. I, I don't know that song. And he goes, I, I don't know that song either. She said, they say, we said to her, just sing it and, uh, and, and we'll follow. Well, she was tone deaf. She had no voice whatsoever. And so she tried to sing this song, and, and, and we couldn't follow because there was absolutely no, uh, no way that just the tune was wrong. And so she started singing again, probably because my, uh, my friend like, was already in love with her. He just decided, you know what, who cares? I'm just going to sing whatever she's singing, even if it's off tune and off, you know, whatever. And so he started singing the way she was singing, and, and then I just joined in, and it was like the worst sounding thing ever. And tiba tiba, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just fell into that uh, car that we were in and we could just feel the presence, God's pleasure, because he doesn't worry. Uh, you know, I, I can't sing out loud because I don't sound good. Hey, when my granddaughter, who right now is only three and she doesn't carry a really great tune, when she starts singing, I light up. God doesn't care what you sound like. It's an expression of love. It's an expression of sacrifice. It's showing that you want to give glory to God, you know? And so it's not about a place. It's not about a feeling. It's not about whether you like it or not. And, and, and let me say this, that when I say it's not about a place, there's open heavens. We, we already talked about this. We walk under open heavens, which means, you know, when we're at home, the, the heavens are open and we can worship the king. When we're in the mall, when we're anywhere, we can just begin to worship and our praises rise right up. We don't even have to knock on the door. The door is already open. Woo! I get excited about this. And so we can just begin to worship. Finally, one thought here. Because there is that one other aspect. And even though we're not really talking about it, there is an aspect of worship in terms of serving the Lord down here. As a matter of fact, if you look in Ephesians, it's everywhere. A lot of it is in Ephesians. It says to to love someone or to care for someone or to even uh, work hard at work. It says out of reverence for the Lord. So you're not doing it for the person. You're doing it, uh, uh, as worship unto the Lord. So as you serve others, as you care for others, that's worship as well. Now don't say, I can do that, and, 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 and so you know, singing is you know, just not something I do, I do it this way. No, you should do both. Do it all. You know, I like when my wife does everything, especially when I can just sit on the couch and do nothing. I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, she does it all. She does things that she, doesn't, that she doesn't like to do. She does things for me that she doesn't like to do. Uh, she just does them because it's showing love. That's what it's all about. So it's not a place. It's not a feeling. It's not a song. It's about a person. Worship is about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to ask this question. To whom are you or to what are you bowing down? Because worship is... Is a is, is the word actually? It's an action of bowing down. It's an attitude of surrender. It's a it's a, a giving of adoration to God. It's a it's a keep looking and a keep talking. It's a keep worshiping thing. This is so. Who do you who do you who do you have your eyes on? Because sometimes, honestly, we bow down to things that um that are not God. Don't bow down to this this this. I, I won't give it a name. I refuse this thing that we're in. Don't bow down to that. Don't bow down to it. As a matter of fact, it should bow to you because we are in heaven and it's not because there is nothing like that in heaven. There is nothing like that in heaven. And we are always above, not below. So don't be bowing down to these little things. Don't be bowing down to money. Don't bow down to your situation. Bow down only to the one who controls your situation. And that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He's the one that's in charge. Don't bow down. You know, it's, let me just say one more thing about this. I said it last week, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, uh, some have actually said, if you really want to know how you feel about God, all you have to do is log your time and log and account for your money. If you look at those two things, you will actually see what you worship. What do you spend time doing? What do you spend time thinking about? And where do you spend your money? Really tough question. You know, you ever, ever see a parent where, where a parent, like, you know, like they're, they, they have their kid, right? They have a, they have a baby and they have like 600 pictures of that baby. That baby hasn't moved. Same same position. Click, 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 click. Just keep taking pictures of this kid. And you're like, when it's, not your, when it's not your kid, you're like, it's the same picture. I saw one. I saw 15. That's enough. But they are just enamored with them. I, I'm trying to give you a word that you might know. I know some of you in You might not know that word. They are just like fixated. They're fixing on what they love so much. That is what God is talking about when it comes to worshiping him, fixing our eyes on him. Now, number three, we see here in Revelations chapter 4 and 7 and, and 5 and, and, and on and on and on. We see it all in heaven. We were not only designed to worship. God didn't just create us and we are just kind of like a built-in uh, worship machine. We are definitely that way. But he's also designed us to worship together. There is something amazing, supernatural, and powerful when we worship together, you know? Uh, and, and, and this is why one of the reasons why I don't like the situation. I love to worship together. I look forward to the day where we're in this room, and it's not going to be that long from now, so don't think of it as a long way away. It's not going to be that long. When we're in the room together, and the worship team is just leading us and... and uh, and, you're, and you're, you, know, you look over and you see your friend worshiping and you hear all the people singing and, and shouting amen, there is something amazingly powerful about worshiping together. That's why the Bible says, whenever two or more are gathered together in his name, he is there. So it is important. So I encourage you, you know, don't, don't just worship alone. Find someone to worship with. And, 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 and I don't know about you, but like, you know, there's something amazing uh, to, you know, worship, you know, in, in more than just like two people, three people, four people. I don't know, how, I don't know the biggest crowd you ever worshiped in. I, I know I, I worshiped in a crowd that was like 18,000 or even more. There is something amazing when like 20,000 people begin to just, you know, erupt and roar the name of Jesus. It is just something over the top. And that's what heaven is all about. It says, what? Thousands upon thousands, 10,000s thousands upon 10,000s will worship his name. It says in Revelation 7, I saw a vast crowd of people, too great to number. Woo! I, ooh, that gets me so excited. And then, and then I just get this picture in my mind of thousands upon thousands and 10,000s and, and the Holy Spirit just... just sweeping over like a wave and it hits certain parts of the crowd and all of a sudden they just erupt in praise and then another group erupts in praise. I believe that's what heaven will look like and I believe that we can have that here on earth. I've experienced here that on earth as well and that's why you got to keep your eyes upon the Lord. You fix your eyes upon the Lord because everybody worships differently in the terms of their form. Don't don't say, hey, that guy that's just standing still and he's doing, I've seen guys stand still and they are worshiping. Matter of fact, there's a time in Revelation where there's total silence. Total silence. Have you ever worshiped in total silence? Let me tell you. Woo, that's powerful too. Shut everything off. Shut all the noise down and just sit still and just wait. But keep your eyes fixed. Keep your heart in worship. Trust me, it's amazing. And so God has built us to worship together. That's why I don't believe this is of God. I don't believe staying home is of God. I believe we come together. You know, as David said, I was glad when they said, let us come to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said it. Oh, I'm glad when when, when we're going to be able to say that again. Oh, I'm so glad. So finally, so... Finally, worship is, is, is not a place. It's not a song. It's not a feeling. You know, it's worship. We were designed to worship together. We, we, we worship is uh, a way to express our, our love for God. And then finally, worship. There is something supernatural in worship that worship is a time of intimate communication with the Lord. That's why sometimes it's good to be quiet. That's why sometimes you'll see me say to the worship team, Shh, nothing, Shhh, quiet, nothing. Like not even the pads, you know, the pads. Are co- mm-hmm. No, nothing. Total silence. Because then you start hearing the voice of God. You start hearing what the Lord has to say. Because when we praise, you know, there's that song, when our praise go up, woo, his blessings come down. What's the best blessing you can ever have? Hearing God's voice speak to you. You know, I'll I'll share this one thor- story and I'll and then I'll and then I'll close. You know, I I, lo- I love to worship, but you know, when I was younger, before I was a pastor, you know, and I first started following Jesus, I was I was, yeah, I was half in and half out. I was always fully in when I was in, but sometimes I was fully out when I was out. Let's just say it that way, if that makes any sense. And I'll never forget that day where I kind of was sitting there and, uh, and, and, and they began to worship and I knew I wanted to worship, but I like to worship in honesty. And, 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 and I sat there and I was like, God, I'm not serving you the way I should. I'm not walking the way I should. I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm just not where I should be, Lord God. And, 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 and I said, I'm sorry, but that didn't really like that wasn't nothing happened. And then I was just, everybody was worshiping around me and I just sat in my seat and I just got really quiet. And all of a sudden I heard the Lord say, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. And it was like a lightning bolt sitting in my chair. And you you think I jumped now, you should have seen then, I can jump back then. I just jumped out of my seat and I just began to worship and praise the Lord because there was just this intimate conversation I had with God and I could hear him speaking. And that's what worship is all about. That's why we just leave everything else. We just focus our eyes upon the Lord. We just begin to give him praise and, and glory and honor and blessings. And as we do, we, we're listening for him. And when he speaks, whoo, it's the best time ever. And that's what worship is all about. And so we're going to continue talking about this some more um, next week in and in a couple more weeks. I have some, uh, something special next week. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to, I'm going to pray right now. And I want you to take upon the attitude of worship as we pray. Put down your coffee and, you know, put down your phone. Jesus. <laughs> I'm I'm just going to sing, and even if it sounds bad, I don't care. Jesus, what a Savior. What a brother. What a friend. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory and honor because it's due your name. Father, blessings and glory and honor and power and might. Belong to you, Lord God. We offer up our praise. We offer up our thanksgiving. Father, it says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lord, if there's anyone out there right now that has the spirit of heaviness, that is sad in their spirit, Father, I pray that you, your Holy Spirit goes to them right now. And you fill them up and out of their mouth would become start praising and thanksgivings would would begin to just flow out of their mouth. And Father, hallelujah, I know as they do, they will find that connection in you. So Lord God, we declare over this island that you are the king. You are the Lord. You are the Alpha and Omega, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. And Father, you are not only over this island, you are over this nation and you are over this world. And we declare you and we say, Hallelujah, blessings and glory and honor and power and might and dominion be unto you, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that you bless your people. That from your throne, you bless your people. You pour out your spirit upon them. Father, that they would hear your voice this week. That they would know that you are with them, Lord God. And they would be filled with praise. And they would shine your light to the world. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Spend time in worship this week. Enjoy his presence. Amen? See you.